Hello, movie fans, and welcome back to the 1980s movie graveyard. We're kicking off to have a bit of fun. I'd say this is probably the most carefree, fun movie that we reviewed, or not reviewed, but commentated through so far. Sitting down, we're getting the uh, snacks together. I'm the goat. I got Corey G with me here. We're getting all the snacks. What, what snacks did you bring tonight, Corey? Um, I got some tomato soup, I got some orange water, and I got some blueberries. Wow, you're really going like almost on a healthy kick there. Me, I, I got the usual. I got milk duds, I got Charleston chew, I got a big old, uh, I went to 7 Eleven, got a, <laughs> a double gulp, <laughs> Dr. Pepper. 7 Elevens around here. It makes we yeah we only have one down in LA like like when I was a kid growing up in Ohio, Seven Eleven pretty much was dead by like 1988, and then when I moved out to California in the mid 2000s, and I was surprised there was literally one like on every corner. It was weird, but uh, yeah. So we're I got, so I got a bone to pick with you though, real quick. Okay, <laughs> you know, you know I've never been a big fan of that Shout Factory because. You know, I was a California Dreams man, and they put out season one, season two, season three, season four. And they say because of low sales, they're not going to put out season five. The last season, that pissed me off because they were putting them out on their on-demand service thing anyway. We talked about that Scream Factory Blu-rays. I've ordered like nine in the last two days, legitimately. (laughs) I've ordered seven in the last month. (laughs) Some of these movies I don't even like. I know some of them I haven't even seen, like without warning. I've never even seen that. I know you told me I didn't see that, but the alien looked cool on the back. It did. I fucking ordered it. Same here. That's the only. Re- and you know the reason I, I ordered that movie was um, everybody said that was the movie that Predator ripped off because it's an alien hunt. You know, hunting humans for sport, which is that's a theme you like anyway too. Oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, I looked on the back of the Blu-ray without warning. The guy who played the Predator played the alien in that movie, too. That's probably the only... I read the description. I got nothing out of Predator for it, but I watched Motel Hell the other day. I even started pre-ordering this shit. I'm like, ooh, shocker. Pre-ordered that. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) But it's a summer of fear, too. It is. Unfortunately, the summer of fear is over already. Well, that hits you again in October for yeah. October Shock. Screams 8 or something. Yeah. That's usually where they get me, and then I saw the Summer of Fear. They got, they got me the last either two or three years with the, the Shocktober thing, and then uh, the last two summers, because uh, they've only been doing Summer of Fear the last two years, they got me on that too. So I ordered Pumpkinhead. I hate the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were asking me if I owned it. I was like, I actually like the movie, but no, nah, like, I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I was willing to buy Eve of Destruction starring Gregory Hines, but not <laughs> Pumpkinhead starring Lance Henriksen. <laughs> well, Pumpkinhead, I remember I hated it because I used to read Fango when I was like when I was a kid, and every week for like eight months, man, they're like documenting this yeah. this fucking upcoming movie, and this Stand monster looks so cool. And then you watch the movie, it's like, oh wait, I think if I squint in the rain shot, I can see half of the thing back. Yeah, you could never see Pumpkinhead in that movie. Because he was like, um, the monster looked cool, but I think the problem was, didn't they have to run like a bunch of cables? And like, wasn't he like on a crane because he was so big and heavy? Yeah, it's like a a giant robot marionette. Yeah, yeah. I might have to buy my my most hated movie ever, The Howling. I might have to get that one. (laughs) You might have to get it, cousin. You might have to get it. The thing is, this isn't shtick. I keep buying this shit. But 
okay, here's where I'm at. Is is we're in like I don't know I, I guess we're kind of not not in like the tail end or the dying part but we're kind of in the middle of the Blu-ray you know lifespan I guess and the uh, the big studios they're really not putting that many interesting movies out anymore the, the old catalog's pretty much done yeah like they're pretty much done so you have all these sub licensors like the Twilight Times and the Screen Factories and and you know a lot of people there's a lot of people on Facebook who uh, talk about it's it's against their moral religion and all this shit to pay over eight dollars for a blu-ray but i you know and, and I, I you know i'm a hoarder of movies i i'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. i love the the five dollar blu-rays i buy the shit out of them all that but are you with me Corey? lately i'm finding more satisfaction in spending 15 18 sometimes even more to just get something that's really rare and that i really actually like like i'd rather pay 18 dollars and have one movie then pay 20 and have five that I probably really don't care about. I have all the Fast and the Furious movies. I rebought them all on the Blu-ray. Then I still bought the Collector 1 through 6 Blu-ray that came in a tire, for God's sakes, just so I could have the one that came in a tire. Right. And you know they're going to hit you up with a with a hubcap edition. <laughs> What's the oh, no, this tire, has it even has like a little piece of cardboard. It's got room for part seven. So I'll have to buy two part seven so I have my one to throw the box away, put in the tire, and another one to put by all the other regular versions. Right. But what are you going to do when part eight gets released in a year? Well, then they're going to have to like, yeah, they'll have to make like a trunk or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the trunk. Eventually, you'll have like an actual garage that you need to buy to put all your Fast and the Furious discs. But I, I mean, but I, I do that though. I, I'm I'm one of them people. Like, I will buy if now. Like, I'm not gonna buy the, you know, like a set where I've seen like you know Transformers get the Dinobot for 198 dollars. No. I'm not gonna do that. But like, I ordered the Strain, you know, just because it's the coffin with the bust of the Master's head on it. You open the coffin. There's your three Blu-rays. But I mean, that was a 12 episodes, three Blu-rays for $35. I don't deem that to be outrageous. No, especially like, um, you know, a show like that, they spent several million dollars per episode. I mean, that whole series, that season one, probably cost them 40 to 50 million. And there's a lot of people out there that, you know, if it goes over $5, then that's a ripoff. And I'm like, we're in this day and age where, like, A, you can hardly find movies in a store anyway. If they're going to sell you a season of a TV show that costs, you know, $50 million to produce, 35 bucks for the highest quality Blu-ray, like, yeah, I think that's more than reasonable. Yeah, number one fans here. My dog came in the room again. <laughs> Hello, doggy. See, my dog's good. She don't bark. Yeah, not like bird's dogs. They cause a ruckus when they run in the room. Bird, number one podcaster of all time. Yeah, we're trying to secure him on the show. I'm getting, I'm getting more and more requests every day on the Facebook to uh, get Bird on these episodes. Gotta book that face. You gotta book that face. So, rolling here, having a bit of fun, and Lord knows we all need a bit of fun. A lot of stress, a lot of bad news. Without going into it, a lot of bad news. It seems like every day in the news. Mm-hmm. We need some. Actually, we're recording here on a sad evening, but I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, same here. It just, it really was sad that my girlfriend was crying at work today. <laughs> it, it was, it was bad. It made me feel bad. It's just something you didn't, you know, but. My wife even posted it on her Facebook. Yeah. It just, it's shocking when, you know, a celebrity that uh, you have, you know, entertainer that you have a great connection with, grew up with, 
you know, really admired, always thought was interesting, cool, and shockingly suddenly passes away. You know, just, I don't know. It's it's hard to uh, you know it's it, it's it's hard to deal with because it affects you, but it's a really strange feeling because it's like you know in most cases it's somebody you never met but somebody you still have like a lot of you know affinity and affection. Yeah, you feel for. like you know them. Yeah, it's it's really strange, but you don't, and then there's really no closure because it's not not like you go to their funeral or you know whatever. It's weird. So we need something. To it's to- like that stupid analogy Samuel Jackson gave in Badass Cinema. Did you see a documentary, Badass Cinema? I think I did. Is that the one about the uh, about all the black exploitation films and all that? Yeah, IFC yeah. did it. Yeah, I think and I saw said, it. You know the movie Shaft. You see, everybody know the movie Shaft when it came out. Like, like you knew him. Like you never saw the movie and you didn't know him, but you knew him. So even though you didn't know him, it's like when you're watching the movie, you knew him. Right. <laughs> That's kind of what it's like. Yeah. So, so we need something to lift our spirits up here. And and I think we have the perfect movie we're going to sit down and watch. You know, we got the soup, we got the milk duds, we got everything, we got the raisinets. Tonight we're going to be sitting down watching, I think this is an underrated film, a, a lesser known film than some of the 80s, you know, comedy contemporaries. We're going to be talking about Fraternity Vacation tonight. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Smoking is not permitted in this auditorium. It's the law. Thanks for helping us keep the theater clean. As you exit the auditorium, please deposit litter in trash receptacles in the lobby. Please be considerate and don't talk during the show. We're going to be firing it up here. Now, did you? I, I saw this for the first time on cable. I actually did not see this in the theater. No, I saw this. Uh, this movie came out in nineteen eighty five. I saw this a year ago when you you told me about it. I rented the DVD from Netflix. Really enjoyed it, you know. And uh, we were th- talking about doing a you know commentary for it, or whatever. And I was just like, well, hell, it's about time I own this, you know. So I picked up. Uh, it's currently available on a double feature. DVD with uh, Reform School Girls, another really good movie. Yeah, so, another one we got to talk about pretty soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll be covering that for sure pretty soon. But yeah, so let's let's get into the uh, sync instructions here. If you want to follow along with the DVD, but it's it's not necessary. You can listen to this in your car. You can listen to this while you're giving your dog a bath. Anything you want to do. But uh, we got it paused. Um, the very opening credits of the movie, it's just a black background. It says New World Pictures. Now, there's a couple different DVD releases on here, so the timing um, you know, may be different. For the image release, this is at the 27-second mark. I'm not sure where it's at on Anchor Bay. but uh, uh, The 19-second uh, uh, mark. Okay, 19-second mark if you have the Anchor Bay disc. This movie's so popular, even though it's really not that famous by name, they keep re-releasing it, cause it uh, you know, by different companies because it makes so much money. But, uh, yeah, so just get to it where it's on the black background that says New World Pictures Presents in, in blue uh, uh, text here. I want to say one, two, three, go. And when I say go, hit play on your DVD remote. All right, everyone, get ready. One, two, three, go. And we are off and rolling, Private Resort. Now, unfortunately, I don't... Private Resort. Private Resort. <laughs> Fraternity Vacation. The James Crowley film. That's right. I like how it does. It's up black and white, too, here at the uh, 
Where are they? The Des Moines Municipal Airport. That's right, Des Moines Municipal Airport. And uh, it's kind of funny, too, because it's not only just in black and white, but it gets black and white once they go inside the airport. But the outside scene, it almost looks like an x-ray, doesn't it? It's like it does, and, and I'm gonna tell you because Des Moines isn't far from where I live. Right, that's a pretty accurate picture of winter. I do like how the uh, actors' names are in like that uh, light baby blue. I think it looks pretty good. And yeah, now it's in pink for the stars. Yeah, it's it, it's like a mix of uh, pink and blue, like almost like the Miami Vice color scheme. I would say. There's your girl, Kathleen Kinmont. We just saw her name. Yeah, love Kathleen Kinmont. I wish I'd she had some I'd rather pair up with Rebel Wilson for no for sure, no something, whatever that guy wrote. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I sure get with her on a thing or two pair of penguins. Yeah, something like that. Know. Let's talk about fraternity vacation, though, here. We got the star, the real star of the film, Stephen Jeffries. At this point, he had just um, done uh, Heaven Help Us. And then I believe he did this movie, and then I think it was after this that he got Fright Night. And it's interesting because there's another Fright Night co-star in this film later on. Yeah, and uh, Jeffries was kind of like the, uh, sadly, he became kind of more of the straight-to-video nerd, yeah. whereas uh, uh, the, the big-name nerd was uh, Eddie Deason from Greece. Yeah, that's right. Who then went on to become a straight-to-video nerd as well. Yeah. I really like this uh, opening in black and white. It gives it, you know, a somewhat artistic feel, but it's also just a nice contrast, you know, because I, I used to live in a, you know, a climate that would get snowy and stuff, and you do feel like almost like the winter when it's all, you know, frightfully cold and full of snow. You almost feel like you are living in black and white, and I like oh, how... Yeah, I'll, I'll attest to that. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice when you, they transition to, you know, Palm Springs here. Which, by the way... My I, complaint here is that, you know, Jeffries looks 38. Yeah. Where, uh, and so does, uh, not Tim Robbins, but the other guy. He looks like Cameron Dye. Yeah, Cameron Dye. These dumb fucks who keep flunking college. Yeah, Cameron Dye here, he was, uh, for people who didn't know, he, paid, he played Nicolas Cage's uh, punk friend in um, Valley Girl. Oh, no, he's not the... Remember I said there was somebody in the movie I hated? It's not him. No, it's not him? It's the rich guy's friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Matt McCoy guy? Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah, he's real smarmy. But yeah, I, I really like this part, and it's kind of cool way to get to know the characters here at the airport. Um, basically, just to introduce them, you have uh, Tim Robbins, very young Tim Robbins, guy who his last name is Tucker. So they thought it'd be funny if they nicknamed him Mother. So everybody calls him Mother Tucker, but then they just shorten it to Mother. Then Cameron Die, I forget what his name is. It, isn't Joe. It? Joe, yeah, it's a real generic name, Joe. And then Stephen Jeffries is named Wendell Tavet, which I don't know about you, Corey, but I think Wendell Tavet is like the best comedy movie nerd name ever. <laughs> yeah, well, although in the Whoopi Boys, Eddie Deason's name was Eddie Lipschitz. Oh, okay. So I don't know, that might be tip top that. Mm. For my money, though, Wendell Tavet. I would bet a can of soup that Wendell Tavette's the best nerd name. Oh, there's uh, Max Wright, my man from the... A lot of people know him as Willie on Alf. I finally remember him more as Mr. Denby on the Norm show starring Norm MacDonald. Yeah, the dad from Alf here playing Wendell's uh, father here. And I thought this was strange, too. Like, I didn't really understand, like, why Wendell's mom and dad came into the airport. Just, was it just to give a goodbye picture here? 
I think so. And then remember, he wanted to bribe him, you know, uh, help his. He wanted he wanted him to help his kid get laid. Yeah. He said he'd get him a new sauna and a jacuzzi for the <laughs> frat room. Yeah, if they get window. So basically, we're already setting up. You know, this is the fraternity vacation. These are, the, you know, I, I find that a little interesting too. If it is the fraternity vacation, and they call it that, what? Why is there only three guys in the fraternity? What happened? <laughs> Yeah, I, I that uh, must be a low rent fraternity. Well, they are from Iowa, and that's another thing too with the geography is. Um, for some reason, I was always under the impression that this was a Florida movie, like private resort. But they actually go to Palm Springs, which uh, is out in California, right? Okay, uh, geography was not my best subject. Yeah, I mean there is a Palm Springs in California, and I figured that's where they went. Actually, actually, I know that for a fact because we'll get to it in a little bit. But um, let's see. Yeah, I, I, I guess basically they uh, it was cheaper for them to film in California because that's probably where the movie company was from. So yeah, I bet looking at this shot, it was in Vegas. To be honest with you, yeah, Palm Springs. I've actually never. That's one of the few places in California I've never been to, but I, I know it's pretty desertous. So it wasn't like they were really. And I'm sure there is a beach there, which I don't know because they don't really show the beach in this movie. But, you know, they kind of explain that the reason they're going there is uh, Wendell's cousin has a condominium that they can stay at. And I, yeah, I did, which is why they basically brought him with him. Exactly. And um, I looked it up and um, basically Palm Springs is one of those places where, because uh, I thought it was weird that the cousin wasn't there or whatever. But basically Palm Springs, I guess, is a place where a lot of people... Um, they live just part of the year, so I guess that's why the apartment is empty or whatever. Here's what I don't get, is in, in, and this is in any movie. Mm-hmm. The guys who've never been to town before come to town, rent a car, and they know everywhere to go. Exactly. They never have a map. Exactly. And, and like you could tell this movie is like kind of you know stretching the whatever, because when have you ever went to a rental car place and, it, and they had a Jeep Wrangler? Yeah, I <laughs> Convertible. Don't there's where he said, hi, I'm Wendell Tibet, and these are my good friends, Joe and Mother. Yeah. I, I always thought it made them look bad that, that everywhere they go, they introduce Tim Robbins' as mother. I don't know why. Well, and then they got to have your montage here, you know, with the makeover. Yeah, because he had a nerdy haircut. They had to get him a good... First thing, when they hit town, they had to get a good... I, I loved it when they were driving down the street there in the uh, rental uh, Jeep Cherokee. A little early Evil Ed there in the leather jacket, it looks like. But um, it's like how he keeps carrying around his '80s boombox. Yeah, I like I like when Wendell they're in the jeep on the street and he says, "Look at that palm tree," and they just do a close up <laughs> of a palm tree. <laughs> Even though literally in the background of every shot was nothing but palm trees already. This movie has developed such a cult. You know, I think this movie I think got big on cable more so than home video. To be honest with you, yeah, like I'll be honest, like I always knew about Private Resort growing up. I never knew about this one until recently, and then you know, obviously Stephen Jeffries. Uh, I don't know really whatever happened to Stephen Jeffries after he did Nine Seven Six Evil. It's kind of interesting because he was a good character actor, but uh, maybe he saved his money. Yeah, he probably was wise and saved because he he's from Cincinnati, where I'm from, so he probably was a smart guy and saved his money. Didn't have to act until, you know, recently I know he's made a comeback in horror films, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to see all the, you know, the Stephen Jeffries filmography, and then you yeah, recommend... he's wearing an upper 11th bow tie. <laughs> yeah, he is. And, uh, so, and then you recommended this film, and then I saw it, and like, yeah, it was great. 
I think we actually did a review for it for another podcast a long time ago. Yeah, here's the weird thing is I knew what this was since I was a little kid. I didn't see Private Resort till I was probably, in, uh, you know, in my 20s. Wow. There's your girl. Mm-hmm. She's got a butter face. I'm sorry. She has no body, but she's no. got a butter face. Look at those big-ass fucking teeth. The other chicks, that's the dude I hate right there. Yeah, Matt McCoy. No, but, uh, but Kim Mott's got a butter face. I'm sorry. I mean, the other girl's way prettier. She got, she, yeah, which is kind of interesting because they have small parts, but you have Kathleen Kim Mott and uh, Barbara Crampton, the legendary Barbara Crampton here. This is even before Reanimator and all that, so, you know, Crampton literally wasn't on the scene yet in a big way. They play the girlfriends of the two preppy guys. Now, we know we know why Mother Joe Wendell Tavette went here. It was just so they could use a free condo. Why did these guys from a competing fraternity go all the way from an Iowa college to Palm Springs, California? Yeah, I don't get that either. And where did they get a rent-a-car convertible? Exactly. Or, or is that... Well, they, they try to make it seem like that's their car... Because I think it doesn't they have, like, the guy's personalized license plate and they steal it or something. Yeah, maybe they drove there. Drove, drove from Iowa to um, Palm Springs, California here. All right, this is where I want to bring in a bit of trivia here, Corey. This place we're looking at, the condominium complex, it was brand new at the time, built a year earlier, 1984. That was probably when they filmed it. That'll probably explain why there's no furniture in the front room. But uh, this is the Casa Verde Condominium Resort in uh, Palm Springs, California. And I know this because they actually have a website page uh, showing, like, how nice it is. And uh, people, they actually rent out their condos there. Like I said, for some reason, Palm Springs, people only want to live there part of the year. And uh, they actually proudly, on the page for this condominium place, they uh, they actually proudly let people know that private resort, I keep saying private resort, that fraternity vacation was filmed there. And then, like, they, they talk about Stephen Jeffries, his filmography, and all this. But then they go on to slam the film quite harshly, which I don't yeah, get. I don't get that. Yeah. Because this movie, I mean, I've never met anyone. I've met people that said they'd never seen it, but I've never met anyone that was like, I saw that movie and it was crap. Yeah. Most people that saw it liked it. Yeah, like, they're, like the uh, the condominium uh, management company, they... Um, they go on for pages and pages about how terrible the movie is and all this stuff. And at the bottom, they have a link. Now, not a, not like an Amazon link where they get a few bucks. They actually sell the DVD directly. <laughs> and it will ship from the condominium place. You can actually order it for eleven ninety nine. That's why it keeps going out of print. They're buying them all up. That's what I was thinking. Because if, if you go to CasaVerdePalmSprings.com, you know, you can read all about Casa Verde and film and all this. And then if you click the shop, you can sit You can sit here and you, you see all about, you know, uh, where you can buy it. And they have a, a picture of a baby screaming, no refunds. <laughs> they, they say, even if you don't open the DVD, we still won't refund you. So. I see this is a good setup here. He's got his uh, uh, camera hooked to the telescope and they're using it to look at the women. Now, am I crazy, or does he have two telescopes in this film? I think he just had the one, didn't he? Well, that's what I thought, but then there's, there's like, a line where uh, Robbins later on says something about, uh, you know, did you tell Wendell we borrowed the telescope? And then Wendell's, like, on the roof with a, with a telescope at the same time. Like, it's just weird. I don't know. I don't know what happened. 
See, I don't think this girl is that attractive, to be honest with you. I didn't think either. I mean, she is attractive, but 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 they make her up to be the hot girl of the movie. Do you think maybe that was a 1985 thing where girls that look like this were considered the hottest? Well, she looks like a like she'd be someone's mom. I mean, she, she there's just something about her. I don't know if she just. I mean, she has a nice body, but I never thought she was like. I mean, she's not ugly, like no. you said, but I just never found her to be that hot. Right. I mean, she's pretty and old butterface, Kim Mott. Oh, stop, stop making fun. Okay, Kim Mott's face got better. She got older. By the time she did Halloween 4, I'll agree she looked better by then. Oh, but, she has teeth like Bugs Bunny. Mm, but that body, you can't you can't dispute oh, that. That body's slamming. I'm not going to say it's not, but I don't know if I'd be pardoning to get with next to her. <laughs> I think you would. <laughs> Now, this, this is a great scene. Pretty much the guys, they just go to the condo. They immediately spot a hot girl on a balcony, and then they go right to the pool. With the boombox. Mm-hmm. In the gayest shorts I've ever seen. Well, it, the it, zebra it, one's pretty sweet, though. Yeah, it is the 80s. Look how hot yeah. these girls look. She's got a she's got a body that don't quit. I can't say. I would never say she's got a bad body, but she's yeah. not pretty. I think her face. She got a good smile. Look at that smile. No, Come on. Her smile's horrible. Those giant teeth. I'm looking at the giant others. Looking at her. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, funny, she, uh, one was in Reanimator, one was in Reanimator 2. Yeah, that is funny. So, Reanimator's a good move. Yeah, so whereas, like, movies like Private Resort start out at a hotel pool, this starts at a condominium pool, which I guess is kind of the same thing if everybody's already there just to party, you know? And the nerd's going to knock everybody in the pool. Yeah, Wendell Tavette, he's carrying an inflatable raft, and somehow that made him so blind that he ran full force into a whole table, a grill. <laughs> Countless people. Countless people. And i got to say, for as many people are at that pool, that's actually a small-ass pool, don't you think? What i got to say is, how come nobody got out of that pool that he knocked over and whooped his ass? Exactly. I mean, he knocked a whole grill with ch- burning charcoal into the pool. That pool's got to be trash, but and everybody's still swimming around in the background. Kimon is just ugly. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm no disrespect. She's just not a pretty woman. <laughs> See, you're gonna hurt her feelings when she listens to this. Oh well, we better edit this case. We're gonna try to interview her. That's right. I mean, she's got a nice body. I won't say she doesn't, but I mean, she just—I don't know. Especially when she smiles. Oh, I think she's she got a great smile. Uh, no, when she smiles, she looks like she's down center. No, come on. I would take every inch of Kathleen Kim on here. Her best movie is Final Round with her then husband, Lorenzo Lamas. Oh, you can't go wrong with Lorenzo Lamas. Plus, you get to see her butt naked in that, and they're sexy. Mm-hmm. Finally, Wendell Tavet gets into the pool with this. I, why was Wendell Tavet's, uh fraternity baseball cap, like, homemade looking? <laughs> I was just going to say, that's a pretty low-rent uh, fraternity if your hat is uh, just a plain trucker cap with a piece of paper taped on it <laughs> exactly and I thought, needs to get some fast custom hats exactly the highest quality i've been talking fast custom shirts by the way i'm not gonna plug them but i mean i guess i just did but i'm talking to in talks of getting a fraternity vacation t-shirt made really I'm in talks well you if that deal comes through let me know let me in on the action i'll order a fraternity vacation shirt as well if you're listening fast custom shirts, there's two sales right there. Exactly. Now, I thought this was interesting. It kind of seemed like the pairing up, because you got Kim, who's the tall girl, 
instead of going for the tall guy, Tim Robbins, she was going for the shorter guy. And then that would have left Tim Robbins with the much shorter Barbara Crampton. Did you find this an odd pairing here? No, I'm too busy looking at her tits and that <laughs> red and white candy cane bra. Wow. She's got an, I'm telling you, I'm just not, I'm looking neck down, cousin. Okay, if you, if you ate a steak that 75% of it was great, and the other 25% it was just not that great, would you complain about the 25% or would you bask in the 75%? Mm, it depends on the cut of the beef. Exactly. I would fuck her. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you, but <laughs> why are you why are you destroying this commentary? How many women do you think have turned off this commentary tract already? I mean, come on. Um, we, I think we have three that listen, so maybe one. All right. So here comes here comes the top. She's got the uh, Barbara Crampton does not have as nice boobs. Kinmont has perfect boobs. See, uh, Barbara Crampton to me looked flat-chested in her bikini, but when she took it off, I was surprised what she had. See, her boobs are pointy, though. Yeah. I, they reminded me of the Iron Sheik's boots. They both look great. <laughs> they do, but they both look great to me. I wouldn't complain. They're both beautiful. I wonder if Kinmonts are real. If they're real, that's really something to be proud of because they're nice. Yeah, they're. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can tell by the way they're shaped here. Although she does have a huge birthmark on the side of one of them. Yeah, I just noticed that. Yeah, I noticed that watching last night, but... Yeah, no, she's got a nice ass, though. I don't know, both, both those women are perfect to me. I got nothing to complain about. I don't think I could be in the same bed with another guy fucking, though. I, I, I don't think I could. Yeah, it's kind of funny here. Of course, the gag is, you know, Mother and Joe, they strip down naked, waiting for the girls to uh, come out of the bathroom. And then the girls start having a lot of conversation that... They're all excited that they heard that there's a cure for herpes now. Yeah, the doctor told them and all that. So, mm-hmm. Tim Robbins, in case anyone's wondering, went on to fame as Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption. So his uh, his star hit for him 30 years later in a movie that was technically only a cult hit because it made no money in the theater. Exactly. Now, uh, both Fraternity Vacation and Private Resort came out the same year, which is pretty interesting because... Uh, private Resort, you had Rob, future stars Rob Morrow and Johnny Depp. Here you had Tim Robbins. But you you got to admit, these casting people for low-budget whatever, they you know they weren't just hiring just any guy. Like They were getting good actors for these cheap movies. I, okay, here's the million-dollar question. What did you think was funnier, Private Resort or Fraternity Vacation? By far, I, I have to say by far, Private Resort, just because it's yeah. much more madcap. Where I feel like this is actually more of a coming of age story because you have Mother and Joe doing the comedy hijinks, and then you have Wendell being more the more the I guess the drama part of the story, you know? Because it followed the whole eighty sex romp kind of film, whereas yeah, yeah, Private Resort, like you said, that's mad. I'm Private Resort is probably my favorite eighties comedy just because yeah, it is so same. madcap. But I really like this because you know. It, if you look at the two trailers back to back for Fraternity Vacation in this, like they seem like they're going to be exact clones of each mm-hmm. other. But if you actually watch the movies, they're actually quite different. I think. Oh yeah, there's uh, all the '80s movies that you think would be similar. They all are different in their own way. Exactly. Okay. Uh, my two least favorite '80s movies. I got to tell you, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ugh. And believe it or not, Porky's. Yeah, Porky's is a little a little overrated. Considering There's another one, that's a drama, pretty much. It's some hijinks in it. See, I'm convinced that both Pirate Resort and Fraternity Vacation were trying to cash in on Porky's, 
but it didn't really happen box office wise. Where Porky's, I mean, I'm not saying it didn't deserve to have its fans, but it's Porky's is not a cult movie. It's a mainstream hit. You know what I mean? I thought Porky's Three was pretty funny. They all kind of blurred to me. I just remember the, all the Shakespeare euphemisms in part one. <laughs> Hell, yeah. All right, here's. Uh-huh. Yeah, here we have the the rich guys come in and laugh at Mother and Joe because obviously that whole thing with the girls getting naked and talking about herpes was a prank. Those girls never had any intention of banging those two guys, and the rich guys are just straight laughing that you know their girlfriends seduced these guys, showed them on their naked bodies, and then it turned out to be a joke. But wouldn't you think that Mother and Joe got the best out of that prank like, there? Yeah, they, they got to see the, the nudity. And you know how you know these guys are snot stuck up preppies? In case you're wondering, not only are they wearing long sleeve shirts, if you notice they're wearing the plaid and the khaki pants. Yeah, whereas everybody else is wearing t-shirts and shorts because it's 110 degrees there in Palm Springs Desert. They all have that perfect sprayed 80s hair. They do. I know we talked about that in uh, Johnny Depp's uh, sprayed hair in um, Nightmare on Elm Street. But, yeah, I mean, that's an amazing effect. If I could get my hair to look like that, I would have a haircut like that. If I had hair, I would just be happy. I would never cut it anymore. Yeah. Now, see, you know who she kind of looks like, the pretty girl here who's not that pretty? Hmm. She looks like Elizabeth Shue, only not fat. I mean, she, she, especially the hair is similar to Shoe's hair in uh, Karate Kid. But that was a great shot of when they showed her getting in the pool and you could see the scenery in the background. I think that's why they shot at this place is you could see all the mountains in the background and, you know, the sun setting and the sky and all that. It's, you know, like I've said it before on 80s movies that we reviewed, low budget 80s movies shot on film, natural scenery, daylight scenes. It looks better than $200 million CGI green screen films now. It just does. Oh, yeah. Some about 80s movies, too. I don't know if it's the what makes them so good. I think it, truthfully, it's the the simplicity of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, they're, they're more simple. They're more... And I feel like there's a lot more spontaneity. Like, like, with this film in particular, what's great about it is, even though there's not a whole lot of story going on, it's just fun. Like, they made this movie so you could go to the theater with your friends and have fun watching it, and you do, you know? You and I would, you know, get a camera, a couple people to follow us. We could make something like this. Exactly. We're going to run a Kickstarter in a year or two. We're going to raise a couple million dollars, and we're going to bring the whole 80s era of filmmaking back. We're going to make films that have no story, no nothing, tons of nudity, tons of fights, everything. It's going to be great. And we should get like half of the we should get the zoo crew got the slow hand guys with us. Yeah, get them. Part. Now I have a I have a confession to make, cousin. This disco scene, I turned the 3D on on my TV the other night, and I watched this in 3D, and it, it, the flashing lights, everything made me go crazy. But it did look like it was in 3D. I'll give it credit. It did look in 3D. It did. It really did. But like, especially like the real deep crowd scenes, like it was strange. But I had to turn it, looks it off. It's like the same club that they were in in Showgirls. Yeah, it actually, does. this looks like every strip club ever. Yeah, but it's actually a dance club, surprisingly enough. Do you ever see the movie Ring of Fire with Don the Dragon Wilson, also from the 80s? No, I don't think so. When they're in the gym at the school, you can tell it's the gym. Later, when they're at the arena, you can tell it's the gym just set up differently <laughs> with a different backdrop. And then later when they're at the ball for the big dance, you can tell once again it's the same room 
with yet a different wall in the background. Much like I think everyone lived in the same house and they were just going in either the back front or the side doors. <laughs> now that's how you save money on a film. Exactly. And you know, like this movie for Turn of Vacation, they, they shot so many scenes at the condominium place. Like, they, you know, that had to be, you know, cost savings right there. Yeah, you basically rent a room. The people that live there can be extras. They just sign a waiver. Yeah. That girl's really, she's cute. Yeah. 80s women are cute because they all look like whores. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. They all they look like tramps. And here you have here the fun scene where she cards all the guys. Of course, Wendell Tavette, he has like a picture of like a 60-year-old Asian man. Playing <laughs> Yakamura. Yeah. I have to say, he really was a good young actor. He had done a lot of stage work here, Stephen Jeffries. But he always had that evil Ed, like, crackly, screaming voice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, he was great as evil Ed. He was. And he kind of, uh, he even had the evil Ed haircut in all the previous movies as well. That's why I think... And I, I actually liked the Friday Night remake. Mm-hmm. But I did not like uh, McLovin, whatever no. his name is. I don't like him anyway, but mm-hmm. his evil Ed character, was, it, it, it was just bad. Well, again, I think it comes down to, you know... Before he was getting in the films, I was reading Stephen Jeffries was like a, a you know like a, a legit almost like Broadway Tony nominated actor, and I mean and that was the, that was the difference is like you know I'm sure Tim Robbins probably you know this is like a kind of you know junky fun R rated lewd nudity filled uh, comedy, but back in the day that's what they did they were like okay we're going to get guys that don't cost a lot because maybe they haven't done films before they've only done plays or whatever they've done but we're going to get guys who are the best actors we can't afford and that's really not the uh, approach nowadays with low budget films they just so now if you did it if you made if you made the remade this movie now it'd be like let's get channing tatum let's get jonah hill and let's get jaden smith as the nerd yeah <laughs> and there's his a uh, future fright night co-star yeah, Amanda Beers, who would become most famous, I guess, on Married with Children, right? Yeah, the, I know her reason for not doing Fright Night, too, was she was doing Married with Children at the time. Yeah. She actually looks kind of cute in a nerdy way. Yeah. And we, we, again, you're talking to a guy who would have banged Yeardley Smith when she was younger. <laughs> she just couldn't talk when I was doing her. You you, you would have went with that uh, Legend of Billie Jean era Yearly Smith, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would have. Like I said, though, she just couldn't talk because that would be creepy. Yeah. But yeah, Amanda Beers, I just always wish she didn't have such short hair. That was my only thing. In the second season of Married with Children, it was like more shoulder length. I thought she looked really, really pretty. She just does not have much of a figure. Like, even if right now, everybody's like, ooh, look, you can see her naked. It was like, she's so skinny. There's really nothing much to see. Like, I thought she looked the hottest when they had her transform into the vampire in Fright Night because she had a long wig on that made her look prettier. And then they actually put, like, I guess just insert boobs in her, sh- her shirt. It, it gave her more of a figure. I like that shirt he's wearing. I'd wear one of them. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of shirts like that. There were the sleeves were cut like that where they went, like, halfway up your sleeve, but it looked like they were, like, angled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, well, the sleeve wasn't flat on your bicep. They were, like, cut to be angled on your bicep. It's kind of funny. I'm just happy that the jean jacket is making a comeback. Because you can bust yours out again? No, i got to buy a new one. I don't know where my old one is. Yeah, I don't either. 
If I did, I could sell it as retro because it had a Misfits patch on the back of it. Oh, that would, sure, that would fetch a lot of money now. What did you think of Wendell Tavette getting a double scoop of ice cream back there and just throwing it on the street? <laughs> He's watching his figure. Yeah, and then he just eats the cone. Is is that kind of like how Stallone and Cobra like cuts the pizza in half with scissors? Yeah, I never got that. Then put it back in his refrigerator, and then he cleaned his gun just to show you he could. <laughs> the gun that he, the gun that he kept in his refrigerator too, in a egg carton. Exactly. Um, Tim th- Robbins actually looks like uh, the nerd here with the plaid pants and the yellow shirt and the suspenders. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, he's playing like a cool and crude, you know, like. You know, bigger, whatever, older brother, frat brother here, but it, it, not not that I don't buy him in this role, but it's like he does almost seem like he should be playing the nerd. But I guess he couldn't because he was so tall, you know. I know he is freakishly tall. Yeah, I could see Jim Carrey in this movie. Oh, I could too. I, I think unfortunately he still was a homeless janitor in Canada at this time. Yeah, I think his only '80s movie was really, I think it was Once Bitten. Yeah. Which I think I think Once Bitten came out around this time. A great movie. Yeah. I think we talked about that on some other show. I think we did. Here we, Lauren Hutton actually looked pretty good in that movie. She looked really good, yeah. Here we have Mother and Joe. They hear uh, Wendell in the bedroom with Amanda Beers. Uh, they 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 see there's a mirror above the bed, so so you know. Stephen Jeffries and her, they're just kind of looking in the mirror and goofing around laughing, but these guys hear the sound and think they're fucking in there. Yeah, see, and that becomes the running joke as they start thinking Wendell's becoming a sex maniac. Yeah, like a big stud. And they actually, you know, e- even though, you know, because of the, the rich guys are like, why'd you let Wendell Tavette pledge your fraternity? He's such a dork and all that shit. But they like him. They want to see him, you know, be cool and get girls and all that. But, but he really gains their respect and, uh, you know, they start to look at him differently now that he's getting all these women down in Palm Springs. Yeah, because they even think he gets, especially when he gets arrested for rape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Now, I think, you know the movie he made that I didn't like, that everybody just swears by his 976 Evil? Where I, I truly think that movie's shit. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. A lot of people like it because it's directed by Robert England, but I remember going to the theater and being a bit disappointed in it. Yeah, I was heavily... I think it started out kind of good, and it fell apart. Although his character, when he transformed into the demon, like whatever, Stephen Jeffries, he looked really scary. I will give him credit. Yeah. He's got an evil look about him. Yeah, he does. And the guy pretty much looks the same now. Uh, he just... Less hair. Yeah, less hair. Um, sometimes he wears a wig in some of the movies. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he just kind of shaves his head down. But, uh, I mean, obviously he's, you know... Gained a little bit of weight, but not much. I mean, he still looks like the same guy. Did you ever notice here the girl that they're all... Oh, and the gimmick here, in case we missed it, is, you know, they're, um... They bet who could sleep with this girl first. Yeah, with the with the preppy frat guys. And, and this girl, when you look at her, she has no boobs. Yeah... But I, but I don't know. Like if you if you look at even the guys in this movie though, they were real skinny. Like it wasn't like they had muscular frames. They always had their shirts off. So I I think just that skinny no boob look was acceptable for girls back then. You know. Yeah, you know that was before the mandatory boob jobs and the, yeah, you know you got to be all pumped up and everything. 
Which, which, yeah, which I would take a pretty girl with no boobs over an ugly girl with fake boobs, so. I'd rather take a fat chick. Would you? Where's that Rebel Wilson? How she, is she beating Kristen Wiig in that pole? It's neck and neck. We'll have to do an episode of Hillbilly DVD reviews to reveal the final conclusions. Because Melissa McCarthy was robbed. Yeah. I like some of the subtle humor in here, like how Wendell Tavette's on the phone with his parents and gets all caught up in the phone cord. I actually, I actually like that this movie's not quite as madcap as you would think. The, the, the comedy's a little more subtle, I think. Is this is a coming-of-age film. Exactly. And, um, and it's a believable coming-of-age film. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is not a coming-of-age film. You do not lose your job at a hamburger joint, and your life doesn't go down the toilet because of it. <laughs> exactly. If, like, I remember when I worked for uh, McDonald's, for six months, my senior year of high school, and then I quit, and my life was just as good afterwards. <laughs> I got fired from Hardee's. I think my life was better. I had free time again. Exactly. Yeah, the director of this movie. Let's see. I don't see it on his IMDb. I heard that he passed away, but I don't. I can't. I can't. Whatever. Um, I dir- can't confirm or deny that rumor. Yeah, I can't confirm or deny it. He. The last thing he directed was a bunch of episodes of Grey's Anatomy. You know, Never watched five, it. six years ago, whatever. Um, as far as his movies, it says he's known for the Muppet movie, the Big Bus, <laughs> whatever that movie. Is. Uh, I like the Muppet movie a lot. Yeah, most, most, most a movie called Kid Blue. I'm not familiar with. Um, yeah, and and lots and lots of TV, and I've heard the guy disowned the this movie for turning vacation he didn't think it was a good movie or whatever but i actually disagree i, th- I think he took i'm sure the producers just wanted like a teen titty flick but i actually thought he he put a good movie around it i thought yeah it has heart to it exactly seeing the shtick here is the that uh joe's girlfriend left him so now he's suicidal yeah which I, I, I get, you know, you have to have the mad cat. Don't, heaven forbid you just ask the girl out on a date. You have to have a wacky scheme because it's the 80s. Yeah, there was always bets about, like, dating women or sleeping women with the movies in the 80s. I can tell you that was pretty accurate around here where I'm from. Was it? There was a lot of betting going on about who was I sleeping? Date, I dated a girl for two weeks because I, I bet a pizza. Ooh, a pizza. I won that pizza. That pizza needed to taste better because that chick was nuts. Yeah, so it wasn't worth it, is what you're saying? Well, I didn't say that. It was Godfather's. No Godfather's. Yeah, I'm looking at the girl who plays Ashley in here, the the one that you think is not that hot, and uh, so she's best known for her roles on Walker, Texas Ranger, and Dallas. And uh, this is one of her first movies. Um, this is still a uh, you know good looking woman to this day. She looks quite a bit different than she did because, you know, she has straight hair where the 80s she had big poofed up permed hair. See, the rich guy, he's going all out. He's parachuting in for his wacky scheme. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about the believability? Well, I guess he is a rich guy, but he jumped out of an airplane, parachuted down, just to impress everybody that was at this condominium pool. And it seemed like it actually worked, though, on the girl a little bit. Yeah, because he's actually, you can tell, as opposed to the other two, he works out a little bit. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, whereas, uh, Mother and Joe, they're just some skinny-ass motherfuckers. Mother's got a sunken-in chest. Yeah, he does. 
It's like a little boy's chest. Yeah, and he's uh, he's supposed to be like a exercise trainer or something like that. Yeah, he's like a meditative exercise trainer. It's really weird. Yeah, he's on his way to give a seminar, but it parachuted into the pool. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> There's just the subtle finger right there, which my six-year-old son knows how to do now. Does he? Well, he had a Band-Aid on that finger, and he came in, he's like, Dad, look, because he had a minion um, Band-Aid on. I'm like, why are you giving me the finger? And I, I was like, oh, you show me your Band-Aid, okay. He's like, that's <laughs> a bad finger, son. So now he walks around, and he's like, does my finger look okay? Well, he's giving me the finger. He's no. flipping Jamie off for like three minutes, fans. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> now, I'm looking at the IMDb cast list for this movie, and they claim Charles Rocket is in it as Madman Mac. I did, Charles Rocket, people don't know, he was a comedian guy. He was on Saturday Night Live. I don't remember Madman Mac in this movie at all. Yeah, he was the uh, the DJ, wasn't he? Oh, that's who he was? Isn't that the, the, the guy? Remember, they bring him all in. Not the DJ, it was at the disco club, but the DJ you see later, the one that's on the radio. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see, yeah. Because I totally missed him. Ah, uh, the sauna. I've never been a big fan of those. You know, I don't think I don't think I've ever been in one. Honestly, I've been in a really? I've been in a jacuzzi. <laughs> I've been in a jacuzzi. The sauna. I used to. My old gym used to have a a sauna, and I used to go sit in it for like five minutes before I exercise because it would actually, you know, how them idiots warm up for like five minutes. Yeah. You sit in that sauna there, it relaxes the muscles automatically for you. Now, when you go to a public sauna like that, because you're supposed to go in naked and just have a towel around you, you're in a public gym sauna. Can women go in there too? You can't be in there naked in the gym. Like what? Can you you... Be, you can take off your shirt, but you got to be wearing your shorts. Okay. You can't just go in in a towel or whatever. No, I wasn't in a Japanese bathhouse. I, I guess women would go in there in their bathing suit, right? You know, sadly, it was always just fat dudes in there. Yeah, trying to get rid of that water weight. That'd be my only guess. Yeah. Now, how did Wendell Tibet know they was all hanging out in the sun? <laughs> I don't know. It's funny is they're all making fun of Wendell and all that. Yeah. And yet, they're the four dudes that are all sweaty in the sauna together. Yeah, and Wendell Tibet's getting ready to go on a date with a girl. So Yeah, Marcy Darcy. Yeah, Marcy Darcy. Amanda Beers, that's her real name, right? Yeah. I just always knew her as Marcy Darcy. Married Children was my favorite TV show. Yeah, I know it was. Sadly, though, that was a show that ran a few years longer than it should have. Yeah, it went on and went on. I gotta say, though, looking, you know, because especially this scene where you see the rich preppy guys with just the normal fraternity beer drinking guys, they cast as well because, you know, those guys, Robbins and Cameron Dye, they look like just normal college students where those guys do look like, just something about their faces, they look like such rich uppity pricks. Yeah, they have more of a pretty boy look to them. Yeah. I thought this scene was great here where just to screw with them, they, they lock uh, Mother and Joe in the sauna room here, which, I mean, that's really a dangerous prank. Somebody could die there. I mean, honestly. Oh, yeah. I yeah. guess my other thing, too, is now where is this sauna located? Obviously, it's at this uh, condominium. So does that yeah. mean the rich guys are staying there, too? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think they are because when they steal the rich guy's car later, you know, they steal the car from that parking lot there. So they have to be staying there. Which I don't know how that would work or why they would, you know, coincidentally, you know, be there or whatever. 
Because again, I, I like I could because because a lot of people, a lot of rich people, I should say, in California that live in like L.A. and stuff, they have a seasonal home or whatever in um, Palm Springs. So I could get it if these guys were supposed to be from Southern California or any other part of California. But it's weird that everybody from Iowa wanted to spring break it up at. Uh, <laughs> Well, the other thing that's, if, if you notice there, Marcy Darcy was, you know, she kissed him real passionately. So burn, burn rubber, burn rubber, because yeah. she, she wants uh, to be revealed later. She actually likes when her dad doesn't like people she's with. Exactly. She's a better mother player. Here you see the Casa Verde condominium logo in the background, which is still used to this day. They put lots of pictures up of the entrance where they use that logo. But uh, I wanted to bring it up because it, it came out here, the, the music here. Of all this uh, sauna hijinks or whatever, uh, uh, it gets very horror movie-ish sounding here. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to bring that up is they actually had the guy, uh, and I don't think this is nearly as good of a score, but they had the guy do the score here that did the music for The Terminator. I found that interesting. Oh, that's a fine movie there. Yeah. And, you know, there's none more of the wacky hijinks he's trying to, you know, because remember, the thing is he's trying to commit suicide, so he decided to end his life by going in a sauna. Exactly. Which which, is really a faulted plan, because if you think about it, once he passed out, he wouldn't be able to hold the door shut anymore, and he could just open it. Yeah, I never understood exactly how Robbins was claiming the door was shut from the inside, when there is no lock on that door. This is a very weird room, though, that, you know, they have just showers that are just out in the open, and then the jacuzzi, and then the sauna, like, were the showers there for when you came out all sweaty? But, like, I mean, you can't take a real shower shower in there, because there's I, no, I no would, curtain. I would always, I always hop in the shower, like, after I'm in, like, a jacuzzi or a pool or something, though. Right. wash that chlorine off me. Oh, yeah. But but I'm just talking about the setup of this room here. Like, yeah. it's is obviously, it... it's co-ed, obviously. Right. You, know, you can't think of too many women that want to be showered. But naked, I mean, especially, it's facing the jacuzzi. I'd be sitting yeah. in the jacuzzi looking at the girl. That's what I'm saying. Like, the shower isn't in a separate room. So, I mean, is this just literally just a polite rinse-off shower? Like, you can't take a shower shower in there? Maybe, yeah. You leave your leave your bathing suit on. Maybe just rinse out your hair. Yeah. It's just weird. But this place looks nice. And I was looking at the uh, uh, page for Casa Verde condominiums in the... Uh, and, uh, you know, they kind of just had a courtesy for the residents. There's some people own the condominiums. Some people, like, own them and then, you know, some people just own them like a place and live there. But other people own them and then rent them out. And uh, the the one that they were showing that was furnished uh, for the dead parts of the year where nobody goes on vacation, you can get it for 1200 a month. But for the busy part of the time, uh, you, you'd have to pay $2,500 to stay for a month at Casa Verde condominiums. That's more than my mortgage. Yeah, I know. Well, again, <laughs> Palm Springs for rich people. But the thing I thought was cool, Corey, was it looks exactly like it does in the movie. And I mean exactly. That place hasn't changed in 30 years, literally. We should pitch them about filming there and making fraternity vacation the next generation. You know what would be great is if we just re- – it wouldn't take much. We'd have to get find some actors. But if we could raise, like – Probably it would only take really probably like what ten twelve grand on Kickstarter. Oh yeah, we could rent a place at Casa Verde, and yeah, make make if we even if we can't get the rights, we can always just make an homage to Fraternity Vacation. 
Well, I was thinking the gimmick could we be we go back to school and get in wacky hijinks, even though we're in our 40s, and cross paths with those punk kids. And you know what would be great? Might might have to raise an extra thousand or two thousand dollars on Kickstarter, but I bet we could get uh, Stephen Jeffries to come play the uncle who's letting us stay at the condominium. Yeah, or maybe it's Wendell's condo now. Yeah, he took it over. She has no boobs. She has nothing. Yeah. She had a nice ass, though. They uh, Pretty much all the women in this uh, aerobic scene are in shape. Now, the aerobic scene and fraternity vacate or in a private resort pretty damn good, too. Yeah, it is. Clearly a stunt double here. <laughs> yeah, the rich guy, he jumps up on the, what do you call that, the pummel horse? Sure, I could never do that. Yeah, I mean, who uh, who who does a gymnastics thing just in the middle of aerobics uh, studio? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Now, for Palm Springs, the back alley of where Marcy Darcy lives, it almost looks a little rough. I could see the young toughs of Palm Springs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> getting kind of rowdy and drinking Schlitz malt liquor back there on a Friday night. Yeah, I could see. I could look at like her bricks are all chipped and peeled. And... Yeah. I don't know why I, I don't get it, but she's kind of cute in this film. Yeah, she was she was a cute girl when um, you know she just was really plain. She never wore makeup in movies, nothing like that. So you never know if she grew her hair out and was wearing '80s makeup. She might have been really hot, but she just you know as a I guess as a person, and then even as an actress, she wasn't really looking to you know have that image. I mean, well, I mean, she's gay anyway, so. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of gay people, a lot of gay people in Hollywood, a lot of gay people in this movie. So, well, I just know her. Yeah. <laughs> how old? I wonder how old she is here. Twenties would be all my guess. I mean, she's got to be twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, I think twenty five tops. And that was the thing. I mean, they're college students, so they could be theoretically up to 21 22 23 oh. years old and it wasn't the, like 90210 where the high school kids smile and this had a face full of wrinkles exactly like you know for a college movie i thought they did a good job with the casting getting age appropriate people and here's my question why didn't the owner of the gym boot this guy's ass out you can't train somebody in another gym that they'll throw you out of there that's taking money away from their trainers yeah it almost seems like this is just the uh like the community exercise room, but everybody's putting on their own aerobics classes or something. I don't know. It's weird. Who has to teach someone and motivate them on the press machine? Exactly. It, it's it, got a big giant rip in it. Yeah, it's not that nice of a thing. But uh, the the sweatband that the girl's wearing on her head, that like braided sweatband, that, why was that so popular in the eighties? Like, what? Like, mm. that's weird. Like all the workout girls in eighties movies had that braided sweatband. Headband. I'm a bandana guy. Are you? Yep, I always say, what you gonna do? Maybe not so much this last week, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> okay, here we're gonna see if we can prove this right there. There's the, there's the telescope, so we're gonna see yeah. if there's actually a mystery telescope. Yeah, and there is a lot of looped-in lines, and he even says, uh, do you, so I, this DVD didn't have subtitles, but I remember it when I watched it uh, last night, he, he said, did you tell Wendell we borrowed his telescope, right? So they're set up on the roof. Which I guess Wendell is late when he begins his rape spree. I guess he's up there, too. Like, did they just leave his shit on the roof? Like, 
I know, because you'd think somebody would steal it. <laughs> Either steal it, or just the wind would blow it and it would fall off, because they're on the roof roof, and it's like a, a slanted, you know, they keep walking up on the roof like it's nothing, you know, but it's a slanted roof, you're not supposed to be up on it. Whoa. What shirt is Tim Robbins wearing? Yeah, it's kind of a cool orange. I, I thought it was cool that Mother was willing to wear a Halloween shirt. Now, what do you think, cousin? I don't think that's that that girl because uh, they're not showing her face. I don't think that that's that girl's body. I think that's Barbara mm. Crampton naked there. It looks more like her breasts. No, I, I think that's her. The tan lines match too good. No, no, but they never show her face though in the body at the same time. Like, why would you shoot it like that if you weren't using a double? You know? Yeah, that's true. It would be much cheaper and save time just to do one shot, you know. Yeah, they think he passed out from exhaustion and having sex. Exactly. He just slept on the... What did you think of that touch of... Uh, like, why do you think they did that touch of the, the living room had no furniture? The bedrooms are fully furnished. You know, the whole apartment's furnished because somebody, you know, it's their place. But uh, Wendell said his cousin was re- renovating the uh, the living room. So there's, like, literally, like, nothing in it at all. I want to know why he has children's bunk beds in the other room. Yeah. Apparently his cousin has uh, has some kids. This is a nice condo. It is. I like the architecture on the website for Casa Verde uh, Condominiums Palm Springs.com. They kept talking about uh, this movie was only worth watching for the modern architecture. I found that strange. But... Yeah, all this free plugging for Casa Verde, I bet they don't give us any kind of money. Should we contact? <laughs> we should contact Casa Verde. It's the same time we contact Dollar Shave. Exactly. See, don't you like this podcast, too, fans? You ain't got to listen to all the plugs for A1 Auto Parts and Dollar mm. Shave. and You just got to hear us grade uh, women's looks from 30 years ago. Because, Chris Jericho, if you're listening, your podcast stinks. No, you're the worst podcast out there. Now, do you think all these people walk around in the background of this scene and sitting on the grass? Do you think they're paid extras, or do you think they just started filming and didn't care who was in the background? They just started filming. They were just enjoying the night sky, I think. I have to say, for a low-budget film here, this scene actually impressed me a little bit. You have Joe going on the date with Ashley here. You know, and, and I don't know, like, I think he probably could have slept with this girl if he wasn't put on that fake depressed act, you know what I mean? If he just yeah. would act like a normal guy. But I thought it was impressive because they, they blocked up the street here with all this traffic, trying to make this seem like this is a big, this boulevard is this big cruising spot. And uh, you have uh, the rich guys are coming to spoil it. They're sneaking up in the traffic, going to fuck with Joe or whatever. And then you have Mother, Tim Robbins. He, he sees what's going on, so he pulls the Jeep up in very tight traffic here and blocks them off. I thought this was actually an impressive scene for such a cheap movie. They had a lot of nice cars there, too. A lot of classic Mustangs. Yeah, like, when I was watching this last night, uh, it was uh, it was a lot of classic Corvettes, too. I was almost getting that they were trying to recreate a uh, American Graffiti vibe here. The cruising I scene. hate that movie. Do you? Yeah, I really don't like it. I thought Happy Days was better, and that ain't really that good, either. <laughs> Happy Days is like the plastic TV version of American Graffiti. <laughs> I know, but sadly, it was better. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'll, I'll disagree with you on that one. Happy Days had the Fonz. Yeah. American Graffiti just had Opie. Yo, I had Dick Dreyfus, too. And Han Solo. Paul Lamatt as the greaser. Ooh, Captain Killamont looks good in that dress. 
don't you think though that this whichever one is dating the the main rich dude don't don't you think she'd be mad that he's got a bet going that he can fuck somebody and not only that but don't you think she'd be mad when he just tells her to go get naked and make out with strangers for a joke well, why is the other one pretending to be pregnant? <laughs> yeah, this is so whack. Barbara Crampton's wearing a muumuu. Catherine mm-hmm. Kimmott's got some dress that looks like Heather Thomas would be wearing on The Fall Guy, looking hot. Mm-hmm. I remember that show. They're talking about remaking that into a movie with The Rock. Mm. See, I don't think you could. I don't think that's a concept you could remake with anybody, just because there's no stuntmen anymore because of CGI. It'd be believable with The Rock. I'm just trying to figure out who he would be, a guy that big. Who would he be a stuntman for nowadays? Channing Tatum. <laughs> I heard the Gambit movie's in trouble. Yeah, Channing Tatum quit. They told me he had to do an accent, and then he informed them he's not a real actor, so it won't be happening. Maybe now he'll decide the time is right for 23 Jump Street. <laughs> I I could say that would be a strong possibility. Now, you notice in the disco scene and in this... Um, this uh, dinner scene here at this restaurant, very stylishly lit for, you know, early mid-80s film, you know. You didn't see a style like this really into, in most films until after Less Than Zero a few years later. No, nah, it's got that nice rose color with the with the blue. Yeah, pink and blue. And, and they're, they're in perfect focus. Yeah, they're in regular light, but the, everybody else in the restaurant has to eat their meal in blue or pink light. I want to go to one of them restaurants where it's pitch black and you can't see nothing. <laughs> what, what restaurants like that? I don't know. I've seen it on TV because the people really? are always fucking at their table. Oh, really? Wow. They, Nip Tuck doesn't lie. <laughs> That's all based on true cases. Exactly. See, now, now here's Wendell Tavet. I guess it was technically later. Maybe they returned the thing. But, uh... No, here's where he more window and he's kind of in it for some hijinks here because you know he's hanging off the roof and it's somehow because he's hanging off the roof his pants fall down yeah and i don't get the whole geography of that because it looked like he was on his patio and the next thing you know he's on the roof falling off i don't get that yeah and that woman had him arrested for rape (laughs) see when that happened i was like wouldn't you just run through the apartment and run away she don't know who you are Mm mm-mm And they gonna put him in the clink here with a bunch of hookers. Yeah. Which, if this was really this rowdy of a jail, I think Wendell Tavette would be getting raped that night. Probably. Yeah. But the hookers took a shot. Even the guy, guy's telling him, this lady will calm down in a few hours. You'll be okay. You're fine. Yeah. I can't remember. Are the hookers in the room with him? They're in the, the they're cell. in the cells like across the hallway of him. I mean, he can see him, but see, and, and that's what I mean. Like Wendell Tibet's in jail now. Mother is here with the telescope again, but Wendell Tibet fell off the roof. Maybe so... he moved it because it still has the camera on it. Right, right. Which I just, I just don't. Get, you just, this, this for this being just one telescope, it's getting so much action here. <laughs> Yeah, and this guy's really, his wacky scheme is really overdoing it. <laughs> yeah, he's like pretending to have like an aneurysm here. He's like, look, he's going limp-wristed. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> he's, he's collapsing. Because the, the date is over, so he's trying to prolong it so he gives him sex. So he starts going limp-wristed, going on now, his knees. 
if we make a sequel when when we have the bet to have sex with the girl, mm-hmm. we we got to make sure that we have the surprise, you know, coming in the ringer. I'm talking about the Tennille. <laughs> Maybe we make the bet with the Tennille. Because <laughs> the Tennille knows he can get it done either way. I was going to say, I think he'd win. <laughs> yeah. Tennille vacation. When was that movie? Oh, that movie was made in the 90s, wasn't it? Or no, that was 2000. 2000s, yeah. Like 2003. She's going to be the oldest Bond girl. Yeah. And when you I'm see not her, gonna lie to you, did, I don't care about the new Bond movie. I don't either. Everybody's no like the new. To, uh, no offense to Dave Batista, but when you make <laughs> him your Bond villain, you're going down the drain. That's how I feel. about was like, no, no, this is very serious. If Daniel Craig's a very serious old British actor, he's going to do great. Okay, tonight you rushed it here. Yeah, he just grabbed her and was being very forceful, and even Tim Robbins knows he's screwing up. Yep, that's what she said. Oh, I'm sorry. See, he should have come. I'm sorry. I had a blackout. Uh, he has apologized, but she she don't buy it. She just boots him out. Yeah, she just say, okay, that's fine. Just leave. He should, if I he should at this point he should have gotten uh, limp wristed again. I think that would have got her back in the bed. <laughs> He's trying to just be able to stay, but she just wants yeah. him out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I think if she was really buying that act, he probably could have banged her like in the next day or two. He just rushed yeah. it and screwed it up. Yeah, it takes it. You gotta take your time when you do these wacky schemes. Yeah, yeah. Here we have see Wendell. Yeah, Wendell. He meets up with the hookers, and Wendell could have had sex with these hookers too because he bails them oh, out. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know why. Sticks up for him. Yeah, because in a minute here is. Uh, Another podcast would say we're going to be treated to the sweaty Vernon here. You know, I got nothing against John Vernon, but how did he become, like, the podcast stud, so to speak? <laughs> I don't really get that, because, like, I've seen him in this and movies like Curtains. He just always plays the cranky older man of the film. He never really is, like, you know, that cool. Well, my thing is, like, Savage Streets is an okay film. Mm-hmm. That's it. I didn't know that go fucking iceberg. I didn't remember that was from Savage Streets. I didn't that line's not that memorable to me. Right. That movie's not that memorable to me though, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's okay. That's my review of Savage Streets. Yeah, I, that's why I never buy the Blu-rays or DVDs for $70 on eBay. I I think I I got mine for like 10 or 12 bucks. I didn't pay that much for it. I got it when it came out. Yeah, I was going to buy the blue, but then when I saw you had a PayPal at some guy's house, I, I kind of backed out on it. Now I have that. Who put it out? Arrow, I think? No, Code Red. No, Code Red, that's right. No, I got the one that after Code Red, maybe Olive. Because Code Red went out of print, and somebody else put it out. Well, there was like, no, there, there I can't remember. Let's just get off Savage But there was like a yeah. Scorpion one, an Olive one, a Code Red one, an Arrow. It just, it just never ended. But yeah, here we have the sweaty Vernon, the police chief. He pretty much just walks up and down the halls of the jail, giving people moral lectures about why they're in it. It's like, it's like, does he review the cases before he walks in the jail? Starts giving He's out more. Not moral. even in his sheriff's uniform. He's in like golfing attire. Yeah, like who, how do they even know who the hell this guy is? Saying that's a window. They'll call him cheap butt face. Yeah. I like this scene too because because it implies that the guys just stayed up all night 
while I'm drinking in the outdoor jacuzzi. Because there's an outdoor jacuzzi and an indoor jacuzzi at the uh, condominiums here. And I'm assuming they were just yelling at each other all night, too. Yeah. Constantly drinking Miller Lite beer through this film. I have to say, I don't know. Like, that kind of disappoints me because, like, I don't know. I really don't like Miller Lite. See, here comes Wendell with the two hookers. Yeah. And that's when he tells, you know, they're like, hey, you want us to come inside? I know, I'm too tired. Yeah, this old broad had me arrested for rape. And now they think he's raping and banging hookers. Yeah. And it's crazy, too, because, I mean, normally hookers are nasty, but these are some good-looking hookers, I thought. Yeah, the big-haired one in the hot pants there, she's she's attractive. Yeah, and the other one's got a nice body. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like we created a monster. Well, That's where he says, I had to wait in jail all night till that old bag dropped in charges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he plays his part good because he's so, you know, so straight faced. Yeah, he's oblivious. Yeah. He reminds me he reminds me of the type of guy who if he was doing a podcast would clip his toenails in the middle of it. That's how he <laughs> reminds me of. I bet you if they said we're going to remake this movie, you know who probably play his part? Who? Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I could see that. And I could see it directed by Oliver Stone. He'd be like, this is the year we're going to win it, Leo. <laughs> and Let's I like... Everything in fade-outs. Yeah, with the fade-outs, like, you really... This movie really feels like just a, a collection of small vignettes, you know what I mean? Like, put together. Mm-hmm. That's when they went to the... Back in the 80s, you know, you could have your sex pictures developed, no questions asked. Yeah, at the camera exchange store. And not only that, but then the guy would do some primitive photoshopping of, of, uh, you know, I guess it wouldn't be digital, but, you know, some altering of the images here. Because they're trying to make it look like he had sex with that girl, even though he didn't. Yeah, like he's calling her to him. Yeah. Because they're trying to... Because they took some pictures of her when she was naked in her bedroom just after whatever shower. And trying to take that image and put it in to when the guy was laying in bed in her house, you know. Why does that guy's shirt say, I am a camera? (laughs) I guess guess he's got a photographic memory. (laughs) He's like, let's take this picture here. Don't put this picture here. Mm-hmm. That could work. Yeah. Especially in the 80s, you know, not not that many people knew how to digitally alter photos or, I guess, analog alter photos back then. But then you have the rich guy. He's going to put a, a tape recorder in his bag and then get the See, girl. So if that's your proof that you're going to record people fucking... Why didn't he just fuck Kathleen Kinmont and pawn it off as her? Exactly. Really. His plan was not well thought out either. Yeah, he was just going to get some audio tape of her grunting and glaring while she was uh, doing yoga. <laughs> yeah, because he, he's another one. He's taking his, he didn't take his time long. He just tries to rape her too, basically. Pretty much. He has nice hair, though. He does. I, I, I have to say, watching these 80s films, I'm jealous of that hair. Like, I don't know. I don't know we what haven't, this... We haven't got to the mullet era yet. <laughs> no. We just have the tight, feathered hair. But the thing I question, because I've never had hairstyles all feathered up like that, I question, like, because obviously these are movies, so they've got the girl on the set making it all perfect, feathering it up. But if you were just wearing your hairstyle like that for real life, and, you know, like, after you walked outside or, like, 
you know, halfway through the day, wouldn't the wind, like, blow all that feather shit, like, out of your hair? You would think. Yeah. Nicest mullet, Brian Bosworth. Don't even get me started on the boss. What, the guy who got fucking mauled there at the end zone? (laughs) Yeah. There's some people to this day that claim that Bo Jackson didn't do shit against the boss. Bo Jackson destroyed the boss, and I'm a fan of the boss. I know. See, now he's just going into, you know, I see what you're wearing. He's going in, He's going into Tennille mode. He is. He he had her arms pinned down to the carpet there. He just, you know, that's why the Tennille always gets him on the back. Yeah. I'll give this chick credit. She stands up to these would-be rapists, you know, that are on their fraternity <laughs> vacations. <laughs> Yet she never has some charges pressed against him. No, she just knees them in the balls and shows them the door. In the 80s were a simpler time. You could attempt at rape and good fun. Exactly. That's why Cosby has been around all these years. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, politicians who would like to go back to their fraternity vacation days. Because every time there's a there's a lecture around, there's always a bunch of crackpot politicians who come up and want to talk about how rape ain't so bad for some reason. Now see, here you're going to find a wacky hygiene here. You don't know that... Uh, uh, Amanda Bierce's dad, you know, it's going to be revealed that he's actually the chief of police. Yeah, the sweaty Vernon. And and the only, the first impression he had of Wendell Tibet was that he was a rapist that was in jail. Yeah, who called him Chief Buttface and bailed out some hookers. Exactly. <laughs> here, we, here we get some classic Stephen Jeffries. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he smiles big and then he, that screechy voice comes out. And it turns out too that she gets off on watching her dad beat up uh, guys that she's with, which I think which is, is that, really creepy if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, like I didn't get that. Is that saying that she gets attracted to her father when he's doing that? Like I don't. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. You see, when Jeffrey's wearing his upper eleventh bow tie there, yeah, clearly the highest quality. Yep, there's a, there he is. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah. He's with some nasty clothing, John Vernon. He's yeah. always got some cheap ass suits from Sears and shit. Seriously, you're a rapist! Wow, that was a, that was a pretty good stunt by Stephen Jeffries. He got pulled all the way up off that table by Vernon. Mm-hmm. You could tell it was really him. Dragged out the fancy restaurant, called a rapist in front of everybody. And then yeah, but it's just creepy that she got off on it. Yeah, she really enjoyed it. And Wendell figures it out later. And here she comes out. Well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. My dad doesn't like you. He figures it out. He's smart. Yeah, he says, I saw you smiling. Yeah. I see you smiling, you sick filth. Yeah. She looks cute there. Yeah, she got her pearl necklace on. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole Lisa Simpson thing going for her. Yeah, pretty much. The dress, everything. I like how they always had the Jeep parked in the background so you always see it in like half the shots. Yeah, that's a, they probably got to use the Jeep, you know, as long as they promoted it or something. Yeah, they probably got it from a local dealership. See, this, this is what I mean about the quality of this movie and why they got real actors. Like, Stephen Jeffrey's starting to tear up in this scene because... He was really falling for this girl, and it turns out she's just using him for a sick game or whatever. He's actually, he is a good actor. 
He really is, yeah. Actually, everybody in this... Well, Tim Robbins, you know, like I said, he yeah. went on to fame and, you know, the most beloved movie that didn't make 50 cents at the box office. Yeah. I think people just discount Stephen Jeffries as an actor because he suddenly and mysteriously disappeared after 1988. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't make a movie until, like, 2007. But maybe, but, he got a real, maybe he got, like, a normal job fixing air conditioning or something. Yeah, maybe, like, his dad, you know, owned a law firm and he had to take it over or something like that. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these people, look at that guy from 16 Candles, Jake Ryan. He just yeah. kind of left the scene. He became a carpenter, didn't he? I have no idea. And the, the one kid from Weird Science, he became a, a college professor. See, now she knows the jig's up because she sees those two going into the... Into their, uh, the other condo there. She sees they're all together. Yeah, because they're meeting up because they both think they have the proof to win the bet. But she clearly sees it. Which, by the way, they've been spying on this girl the whole time. Wouldn't they glance out and see her on her balcony and be like, ooh, we need to... <laughs> you would think, especially Don Johnson Jr. over there. Exactly. Tim Robbins has some really interesting 80s shirts in this uh, movie. Like some weird patterns and stuff. Yes, he does. Yeah, but the rich guys are totally almost Miami Vice out here. Nothing wrong with that. That was the style. It lo- and I have to be admitted, compared to other past fashion trends, it still looks good to this day, I think. It does. Sadly, it's those horrible trends of bell bottoms and shit that keep yeah. coming back. Where the, yeah. I would dress like this in a heartbeat. I already okay. hate shaving. Exactly. Now, to me, that's bullshit proof. <laughs> yeah, the audio tape. At least these guys have a dummy photo that they can show you. Yeah. Picture's worth a thousand words. He's got 80s Photoshop. Yeah. He gets 80s pocket recorder. Where the, the 80s Photoshop is you take two photos, you cut them in half, lay them on top of each other, and then you take a photo with a camera, And then I like how they just believe me. Yeah, we did this last night. Oh, shit, you won. Like, I would be calling bullshit on all parts. Exactly. Now, because the living room doesn't have anything in it, it gets... See, that, that, that telescope's out there on the roof again. Like, how... moved it again. How does it not get stolen all the time? Because it's got to... Which was the bet? I don't remember. Was it a thousand bucks? Yeah, a thousand dollars, which... Which the rich guys, I would say, had the money, but they... If they had lost the bet, they didn't have the money to pay up. And, you know, conveniently, too, they they can't even do their business with the door shut. (laughs) Exactly, because the girl walks over to the the condo and walks right in, in the middle. But I like this movie, though, because for a fraternity vacation, spring break type of romp movie, there's a lot of people actually end up with broken hearts in this. It has some good drama to it. Yeah, and, and Joe and Mother actually feel bad. Yeah, whereas other guys don't, don't give a fuck. Yeah, they were just like, fuck her. But, um, but yeah, like, they, they, they say it in like a line of dialogue, but um, later on the, ch- the chick says that apparently she's rich, and so she feels like a lot of people are trying to use her all the time in her life, so that's why she was really hurt that none of these guys really liked her at all, you know what I mean? Yeah. They they were all just after her luscious body and the, having a bet about it. I wouldn't. I mean, she's pretty. She is pretty. And I, I'll give her credit. I do like her hair in this film. Yeah, I like big hair. Yeah. I, I guess women just don't do it anymore because it's just pain in the ass. Try to you know fluff yeah, up. Women nowadays are fucking lazy cows. 
Yeah, they really don't you want hear that, that women listening. Start teasing your hair. Mm. Then post it on the face. Wait, I don't have Facebook anymore. Never mind. Book that face. Man, put it in that bottle. <laughs> Mainly. I haven't been getting any, uh, you know, mail in my, my lake. Did you did you uh, check the front of the lake, like the fu- like the full front of the lake for the mail? Oh, I've 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 you know taken a big net and scooped it out. Mm. Oh well. I like how the rich guys are so rich they can just hand a thousand bucks over in a bet, but then they're always stealing these these kind of working class guys Miller Lite out of the fridge while yeah, they're there, they're chugging their beer the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what Marcy Darcy calls to say that she's worried about Wendell. And the, yeah, and the mother's like, "Well, I thought Wendell's with you," and she's like, "No, he ran off." And I have to say, what I like about this film, maybe some people will criticize it for it, like not having like a clear structure. Like I like it that you don't really even really know what's going on at the end of the, at this part of the movie, but it's almost the end. It's like wrapping up. You just don't really know where it's heading. It's unpredictable. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they think Wendell just got beat up. Yeah. So they got to go out for revenge. Yeah, which is really cool. And the rich guys actually kind of help out because I think because because Wendell has the uh, the Jeep. I thought they stole their Mercedes, but I, but I think the guys maybe actually give them the keys or whatever. I think he just takes it. Because see, the Mercedes has a license plate. Uh, yeah, you are right. They do just get. Wait, what were the keys in there? Or is he hot? I think he's hot. Oh, right? maybe Howard. But you see, the license plate just said Chaz. So you're telling me those two rich guys, the rich guys, didn't fly out from Iowa to uh, to Palm Springs? They drove in that car. They had to drive. That's why they're rich. They know how to save their money. <laughs> they didn't waste it on air. But that would've been a cramped ass ride across the country with two yeah. guys in the front and that's actually a two-seater car ain't it because the chicks were always like riding on the back look at delorean marty mcfly was at this party no that's a that's a convert that's a four seat isn't it is it i only see two headrests but maybe the back seat doesn't have headrests maybe that's why i like how they just gate crash this and it's the weird thing they're in like a this like big neighborhood but like you said the outside of it looks like it's vato land yeah it does and it's really weird too because they come into this house uh, well, this part, they just talk to John. They try to talk to the girl at the door, and then John Vernon comes out. But basically what's going on here is there's a big party with, like, ballet parkers and shit. And uh, when they go in the backyard a little later, uh, it's like a weird Mexican-themed party, but all the people are white. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, she's changed her clothes into a sailor suit. <laughs> yeah. She's got, like, a Sailor Moon sailor suit on there. Yeah. It looked cute, though, in a weird way. Yeah. He just always looks disheveled, unkempt. <laughs> he does. He looks like he smells like whiskey and cigarettes, like twenty four seven. Yeah, he's he's still alive, isn't he? I believe so. I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time. I mean, he's like he always plays like this big like brute, but he's really not even like. Maybe it's because he's standing next to Tim Robbins, who is a tall ass motherfucker. But he doesn't even seem like that big and beefy to me. Like I, <sighs> I wouldn't be dang afraid dang. to fight him. It's like a an old Jim Belushi. <laughs> yeah, but a thinner Jim Belushi, too. 
Better, yeah, sadly, Jim's starting to look like John. Now, I think John Vernon here has a, uh, look at all these mariachis and shit in this backyard pool party, these old rich people. But I think I think John Vernon here just had his house has a bigger pool than the big-ass condominium complex has. Which obviously means he's crooked, because how many chief of police, you don't make that kind of dough? Exactly, especially in Palm Springs. Yeah, what's he policing? The shuffleboard community? Exactly. Racist bastard. That's why every time they get a hooker, he has to walk in the jail part and give him a lecture. Because there ain't too much crime. No, he's probably like pitching the money that belongs to the John, you know? Yeah. Here we have Mother. He gets a wacky idea to go back to the party since he's driving the rich guys. Is uh... But the thing is, is the rich guys, he's going to like trash his car right here. Mother bonsais through this uh, gate here into the backyard. But the rich guys actually end up helping them later. Well, what doesn't make no sense is I, I, I get you do this for the wackiness here, but... I love the slow motion, by the prove? way. Yeah, they... Uh, they drive the car through a table that has, like, some fruit spread on it. Not even that much fruit. Like, some bean dip or something. And a piñata. Yeah. And it doesn't even break the piñata. It's the highest quality piñata. It is. It doesn't break. And then they just let John Vernon arrest them here. Did I, I, I'm assuming they didn't know he was the chief of police, so they didn't know they'd get arrested right away. But they're kind of cool with it, though, surprisingly. Man, and then they're slapping highs with everybody here in the clink. All the criminals. Yeah. Which, which again, this, you know, young young people out there want to be filmmakers. This is good filmmaking because you shoot all the scenes at the condominium. You shoot all the scenes at the same jail. They probably shot these on the same day that the Wendell scenes were here, you know? Yeah. That's how you save money. That's how trauma does it. Then you film one car chase and use it in your next 60 movies. Exactly. Here we get some nice scenery. There, there is some good scenery here. Like, they didn't really have the beaches in this movie, but they show, like, the background scenery looking nice. My only complaint is the roads are not wet. No, they're not. This is very dry. Desert is, you know, it doesn't have the wet roads. Now, here we have Wendell, who apparently was so upset he was going to drive out of town. And so was Ashley there after she realized she was the butt of a cruel prank bet. Okay, these guys, they do this to you. They're, they're staying in your condo complex. I get, you know, you want to get away or whatever. But why would you leave your home over this? I don't get it. And why would you steal your friend's car and just abandon them, yet leave them in the house that belongs to your cousin that they could trash out of anger for you stealing their car? Well, exactly. They just left those guys to drink up all the beer. What did, what did those rich guys think was going to happen? I mean, they didn't know their car was going to get stolen, but what did they think those guys ran out and just left them there for? Yeah, there's a lot of faulted plans in this. Yeah. And now, well, here's what's weird. I never got why she picked him up for this simple fact. She hadn't known he lived with them guys. Wouldn't she thought that he was in on it, too? <laughs> right. But remember that weird moment where, uh, you know, the scene later in the day after he knocked everybody in the pool? He was in the pool by himself. Yeah, he was in the pool when she came in. I think it's because... He didn't she... even know her. He was just like, oh, it's you. Yeah, but, re okay? but remember when she swam in? She, like, knocked him off his raft? Maybe she felt yeah. sorry. Maybe that's what it was. I'm really reaching for some screenwriting there, but... Yeah, I was, was going to say, that could be a... You know, he's trying to bribe the chief of police here. <laughs> yeah. And and why would these rich guys uh, 
I want to get Mother and Joe out of jail when they stole their car. No way, yeah, they stole their car. They swindled them out of a thousand bucks. Yeah. If anything, you would want to keep them in jail. Yeah. Well, truthfully, how long could he keep? Well, they did. Well, I don't know how long. Yeah, if you you crashed the chief of police's house, he could keep you there for a little while. But they didn't do too much damage. They drove through, like, a wicker gate, and they... They didn't even, like, break, but they knocked through some tables that had some uh, Mexican uh, fruit on it. Yeah. They didn't even break the pinata. Mm-mm. It's like See that. right there, uh, Mad, Mad, Mad Mac. He's right here. He's the DJ. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, they're they're having a big party at the condominiums here. Which, again, this is not a hotel. This is, you know, some of these people live here. Yeah, it's, uh, obviously if you go to Palm Springs, everyone's house becomes party central. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine trying to sleep, you got to get up for work, and there's 600 people out for the last blast pool party? I would be livid. Yeah. Well, then this guy here, you know, he's he brings in, you know, champagne and everything. I mean, this is a pretty elaborate, what was it, the elaborate plan? We'll just go picket the police station till they let these guys out. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, we're going to party, like, we're going to party so hard that you people, like, you know, have to let her, but but wouldn't the cops, instead of being like, oh, there's people partying outside, let the criminals out, we'll just put more people in jail? <laughs> wouldn't that be what? Yeah, I'd just be arresting all them. Exactly. They don't seem to mind. That's some nice-ass pink chucks he's wearing. I was going to say, I just noticed that for the first time. I wonder if he was wearing those the whole movie. Hmm. John Vernon must have the night shift. Yeah, John Vernon for the police chief. He's chief of police. He's really got a lot of time just to roam the halls of this jail, looking for hookers to roll. Yeah, I know him from Animal House. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Savage Streets. I'm done. Yeah. Oh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And Curtains. Where he played a sleazy film director. I don't think I've ever seen that. I never saw it until uh, Snaps released the Blu-ray and everybody raved about the transfer, which which it was really good. So I was like, well, you know, got to see this. Down with butt face. My, my only downside is I've bought movies like that and it's like, man, that is a good transfer. Too bad the movie stinks. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I don't know. I kind of like Curtains. It's got some weird shit in it. It's not like a real fast-paced slasher, but it's got some interesting stuff in it. Somehow she's still in her Sailor Moon outfit, and she's in the she's made it to the prison. Exactly. Or the county jail, actually. <laughs> He's not a very intimidating-looking guy, though. I'm sorry. He just like, looks like some old disheveled bastard. Well, he put on, like, that ranger hat or whatever the fuck he was, thinking, like, that would really command a lot of authority with drunk people. And he's got Jimmy Hart's megaphone. Yeah. I'd have got the riot gear out. Yeah, I've been shooting tear gas and all these drunk people, everything. That's his plan right here. That's what she says he's got to let him go. Yeah. Because what do they really do other than drive slow motion, drive a... Uh, Mercedes into a yeah, table. Yeah, it's not like they smashed the gate or anything. They just drove kind of slow. And they knocked a couple people in the pool, but I mean, it was a pool party. I mean, 
That's when she tells him she's gonna marry a Democrat. Yeah. And obviously he can't have that. Well, I don't blame him. Mm-mm. Free PS2. <laughs> I don't get that sign. No. My, uh, what do you call it? Sony, that's how far they knew. How they do these people have all these times to make these signs? <laughs> I know. Here we have the rich guys. Yeah, they're all friends now. Yeah, they're all buddies now that they uh, bonded over this fake bet of <laughs> trying to sleep with this woman. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, now where's my car and my thousand bucks, asshole? <laughs> I know, really. It's like their car's all dented to hell because they was drove, driving. They didn't even drive it into the pool, which would have been cool. No, I was going to say, they, is the car even dented? They hit a table. Yeah, I guess it depends on if the, if the table hit the hood or if it just hit the bumper or not. I don't know how sturdy a Mercedes is. I've never driven one. I haven't either. Truthfully, if I had the money, I don't think I'd buy one. I don't think they're really cool-looking cars. Yeah, not for what they cost. I can rip that emblem off and just stick it on another car. Exactly. There's Wendell bonded with, uh, with Thin Alley Sheedy there. Ashley. <laughs> Alley Sheedy's a fucking cow in those 80s movies. I'm sorry. Jeez. That's pretty harsh. She wasn't that bad. She's the fattest cheerleader I ever saw in Karate Kid. Her fat ass wasn't getting up on no pyramid. She'd have crushed poor Ralph Macchio. Oh, she would have. That I agree. I'll be back in a second, cousin. Cover for me. You see that, fans? I've been abandoned. This has happened to me, though, on other shows before. It's a sad day. This is the scene here where they're out in the desert. It's nighttime. You know, got a little bit of the blues behind it. Stephen Jeffries just reminiscing about nothing. I think he's trying to figure out how this girl doesn't know that he's uh, not staying with the guys that basically tried to rape her for a thousand dollars. But either that or it's his checkered zebra suit that he's using to to get her here. I hate being abandoned. Fans makes me feel all alone. Her hair is blowing yet. If you pay close attention. You can see he has on so much spray on his hair that it's not moving at all. Just a little bit. Commentaries are hard to do by yourself, everyone listening. But my partner has abandoned me. And here's where Stephen Jeffries is the first one to like legitimately give her a kiss. And he's a lucky man because I kiss her tonight. He's going to do the full embrace with the with the water rolling in down at the bottom and. Somehow, obviously, now we have uh, found out that the Mercedes car cannot take a beating. Their pieces of shit is hitting a table and not even knocking over a pinata means it has to be towed on a flatbed. While all these other drunks follow them. As your typical 80s big party run into the apartment that they sort of furnished because it has lawn chairs in it and a big boombox. Somehow Mother ended up with Wendell's homemade hat. And here, the, the goat missing the big reveal. Here where Stephen Jeffries comes out of the bedroom. 
wearing his boxers. You know, they're like, where are you? Where have you been? And, you know, he says he's fine. And there comes thin Ali Sheedy out of the, out of the bedroom. Cause you know, it, like any of these movies, it's the nerd that obviously has to get the hot chick. That's when, you know, even the frat guys are congratulating him like, oh, good job. Here's your money, which is really not going to win you any points with the woman you already tried to rape. But that's when he just says, you know, you go ahead, you keep your dirty money. Where at least uh, Joe here, who probably feels bad for stealing his hat, is at least telling her, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. And, you know, and they're all proud of Wendell. Which now you have to wonder, wouldn't he technically be the coolest guy in the fraternity? There's no professionalism here, fans. I'm doing the whole ending of the movie. It's like firecracker all over again. Now they all got a toast with their Miller Lite because, you know, that's obviously the champagne of Des Moines, Iowa frat boys. Even the rich ones. Now they're all going to do the moon because someone's at the door and it's, uh, for some odd reason, Wendell's mom and dad. And the mom faints, but you see the dad, he's all happy, like, good job, son. And he's all proud of his son now who's, you know, not only got a hot girl, but he was obviously a serial rapist. There's Tim Robbins. Did I miss some wacky hijinks here? Yeah, I said this was firecracker all over again. It was. They had to keep talking nonstop for five minutes. That was the whole ending of the movie. That's the worst. Wendell Tavette sleeping with the hot girl, and then uh, the dad from Alf showing up, and uh, Tim Robbins smashing the beer can on his head. I had to cover all of that, Johnny. (laughs) I had to cover it all myself. But that's a true testament to my skill. Who else can do a commentary by themselves? I thought you were just going to clip your toenails and let your dogs run through the door. No, I don't even have any questions. <laughs> You're not even confused. I covered it all for the fans listening. Yeah, old Wendell Tavette got the girl here, didn't he? He did. You know, he got her, he banged her. and Yet what I don't get is, now if I was him... I would have transferred to school down here. <laughs> exactly, because clearly he's getting all the women here. And, and she generally likes him. She's yeah. rich. Yeah, she's rich. And, I mean, I, I know, you know, she doesn't really quite cut it as the hot girl, but her looks compared to him, you know what I mean? She was a big upgrade from Marcy Darcy, I'd say. Oh, yeah. See, she's going to be my the way all 80s movies end. Freeze frame. Freeze frame. I kind of miss that, though. I we gotta be honest. It kind of became a um, uh, what do you call it? A cliche, but I kind of liked it. Yeah. You had to take a shit, didn't you, cousin? I had some stomach cramps from the green tea I was drinking this whole time, ah, cousin. I gotcha. Hooker Smith and Hooker Jones. Yeah. Victim. <laughs> That's right, Hooker <laughs> Smith. Girl. Oh, Ashley's body double. You were right. Yeah, I told you. They, it, it, Roberta Whitewood. Could you imagine? It, did she get more body double work uh, after doubling that? I know it's like an orgasmo when they have to keep running Look, in the stunt car. Hairstylist dues by Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Is it me or were credits much simpler too in the eighties? I seen yeah. these movies I go to now. Them credits twenty five minutes long. I guess all that CGI and you know made up in overseas places. Yeah, I mean it, it seems like these are just a few. Every year the credits got longer, but yeah, I went to see the Minions. I had to sit through like eighteen minutes of credits. Sure. They probably took twenty thousand people to make that movie. So oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, I'm gonna go see it this week probably. Yeah, I liked it. I, I liked uh, Inside Out too. Yeah, I, Inside Out was just—I thought it was too serious for me. I wanted more comedy. I wanted—I wanted to sit down and have a good time. Uh, ironically, I got—I got my fraternity vacation in, uh, DVD in the mail the same night I saw Inside Out. So I—you I, know—I finally got cheered up, but it had to be Wendell to vet, and not the little fuzzy Muppet people that were in her head. Yeah, Inside Out was pretty. Got a little serious, got a little deep at times, killing yeah. imaginary friends and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it did. That was a little... I was like, you're really reaching for the tears there. Uh, my wife did tear up at that scene. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Pixar got what they wanted. <laughs> this, is yeah. what, this is what Pixar does, cousin. For the adults in the audience, they take that moment when your childhood died and they make you relive it. And then for the kids in the audience, they tell you, hey, kids, have fun now because your childhood's going to die soon. Well, in every Pixar Disney movie, it's like, all right, we'll make a movie for the whole family after we brutally murder something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody's got to die. And the, the the soundtrack here, though, was actually really good. I was surprised how many uh, Bananarama songs were on the soundtrack for a low-budget movie, considering, you know, Bananarama was a very popular band at this time. Yeah, but they didn't have Jack Mack and the Heart Attack. No, they didn't. Casa Verde condominiums for providing, for providing a location, location site. What does that even mean for providing a location site? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe they didn't know that they were being filmed. Maybe they just kept going in there filming cool. shit, and then at the end, Adam signed something like Jackass style. That's awesome that they had a sponsorship from Kangaroo Shoes. <laughs> Do you remember? And from, from Sunkiss Soft Drinks. <laughs> exactly. Do you remember the Kangaroo Shoes? You put a I penny. Don't. They, they the big the big gimmick was there's like a little zipper panel on the side, like a pocket, and I swear all you could fit in there was like a penny. That's how big it was. And then why the fuck? That makes no sense. It was horrible. I just saw somebody was wearing. I can't remember who. But yeah, that was it. New World Pictures. Uh, I, I I miss I miss New World Pictures. I wish they were around still making these fun movies. Yeah, they made the thing. The funny thing with them is I think all their comedies, and I think most of their movies have held up, but the ones that haven't held up, mm -hmm. boy, they don't hold up worth a fuck. <laughs> Which ones are you thinking about? Like, um, I bought that, the Angel trilogy. Oh, I'm glad you said that, because I saw that trilogy was real cheap, and I was thinking about buying it, and I haven't seen those movies since I was, like, tiny. Like, Yeah, I... I, I thought of, you know, when I was a kid, of course, I always remembered I loved to post, you know, high school student by day, hooker Everybody by night. Knows. Yeah, it was so I lascivious. I told my wife, I'm like, this movie's is so good. It's a sleazy movie and all, oh, God. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, we can't, we're going to watch this. My God, it was so laughably bad nowadays. Was it? Yeah, but, I mean, I still kind of like him just for the nostalgia sense. So mm -hmm. I didn't, I think I pay like 12 bucks for the, for the three. Yeah, there there there's uh, people selling it on eBay for like seven bucks. I was thinking about getting it. The Ilsa movies still held up. Those weren't New World though. though. Mm. I don't think they were. I don't yeah. know what they were. Anchor Bay put them out. All except the Harem Keeper that never got an actual release here. You got to get the import. Yeah, those went out of print quick. Yeah, and I I looked on um, 
eBay trying to find some fraternity vacation souvenirs, and there's really not much out there. You can, you can score the poster for about 20 bucks in good shape, but really wasn't much promotional materials put out there for the movie or anything like that. That poster was actually good. The private resort poster yeah. was shit. Yeah, private resort poster was just people like laying in the sand. It was pretty lame. And then my DVD, though, just got Johnny Depp yep. on the cover. That photoshopped-ass cover with a girl yeah, in the background who I don't even think is in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my favorite 80s comedy is Private Resort. Probably have to say uh, runner-up would be Making the Grade. Those are my top two. Yeah, Making the Grade but, we got to do for, you know, eventually. On maybe this. Better Off Dead to round out the top three. Yeah. Venge the Nerds, Honorable Mention. Yeah, my uh, son's one of his favorite movies. Really, it's yeah. a, a, a kid that young he actually finds that funny. Oh yeah, well I mean, there's a few parts I wouldn't let him see. I oh, had Q three and open. Yeah, he he found like the bits like with booger and all that. You know, yeah, yeah. he the sophomore humor's funny at any age. <laughs> did you let him watch the part where like they stole all the underwear and shit? Yes. Yeah, I did. That part is, I could see a kid thinking that part. I didn't let him watch, like, when they're on the moon, and, you know, I didn't let him watch it, like, the nudity and the sex and that, you yeah. know. They like when they're putting the liquid heat and the jock straps and all that stuff, you know, so. Because, uh, you know, how, like, IMDb, like, they put up, like, almost, like, recommendations of other movies. There's a movie from 1989 they're recommended if, if you look at the Fraternity Vacation page called Summer Job. Have you ever heard of this movie? No, I got Summer School. That's a good movie. Summer School, yeah. I got the DVD of Summer School, too. Me, too. Yeah. There's nobody famous in it, but the, the poster is like just like the old posters where it's a close-up of a girl's chest, and she's wearing like a ripped-up tank top that says Summer Job on it. Yeah, I don't know that. I remember Hot Dog and Hamburger. Yeah, Hamburger, the motion picture. <laughs> that was the ski one, right? Yeah, I think so. And then there was also Ski School. I remember this movie, Jocks. I just remember always seeing the VHS at the thing, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, I remember the the name and the... Yeah, I can remember the tape, but yeah, I don't think I ever saw the movie. Richard Roundtree was in it. That's bizarre. Shaft? Yeah, and Jocks. It's like, I don't know him, but I know him. Exactly. Here's another one I've never heard of, the Rosebud Beach Hotel in 1984. No idea. 1984 seems to be a very good year for this show, though. Yeah, like, we can't get away from it. Like, 84, 85. Oh, Eddie Deason was in Rosebud Beach Hotel. Oh, then it was a classic. Yeah, so was Fran Drescher. But, um... Mm, she's hot. Yeah, she is hot. Love her voice. But, um... I don't know. It, it seems like compared to the other years, like, 84, 85, those two years, especially even 84, even by itself... So, like, did they just make 30,000 movies that year? <laughs> like, what happened? They must have. They must, there must have been 10 new releases a week. <laughs> exactly. How would people even... That's why they were all bombs and underappreciated in cult classes, because there was just no possible way that they could, uh, you know... Yeah, there were too many of them. You couldn't keep up. Exactly. Wow. The pawn shops are loaded for that year. <laughs> Gotta get the VHS from the pawn shop. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much it for fraternity vacation. I wish I had like more factoids and how much box office it did on this shit, but like, there's really not much uh, information about the making of this film at all out there. This is pretty much one of those 
cult classic by every sense of the word kind of a film. Yeah, because nobody was, you know, apparently documenting it or doing anything or I don't know. Mm-mm. They were busy focusing on adventures and babysitting. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, watching this to anybody. It's a fun movie. I don't know how much you got from that from our commentary. It's it, it's a very loose movie with this story and whatnot. And uh, but but again, I like it that it doesn't go too over the top. It doesn't go too corny. You know, like it actually is. It's kind of you know it's it's funny because when we would watch these kind of types of movies as kids in the eighties, we would look up to these people as being adults and all that but now that we're older we look back and it, you know like oh this is kind of like a sweet coming of age story for some college kids you know it's kind of yeah. interesting how age completely changes your perspective on a movie like that mm-hmm. so yeah so that's it i guess for returning vacation we'll be back next week with what movie we don't know should we let the fans <laughs> decide <laughs> No, because once you name something, then another podcast will come out right before it. Stealing the idea. I learned not to give anything away a long time ago. That is true. I wasn't going to bring that up, but now that it comes to my mind, uh, as soon as we started the 1980s uh, movie graveyard Facebook page, all of a sudden the 80s became real popular <laughs> on a lot of other places and venues and whatnot. You know, I, I made the mistake when I used to do another show. At the end of the show, I'd always say, all right, next week, this is what we're going to talk about. And I swear to God, not only would I, and you, you know this, not only would another show or five have done that movie, but they'd actually be stealing material from the show I already did. <laughs> scandalous, scandalous. You know, you know and, and that's the whole thing is, you know, I hope, once, obviously, the popularity and the ratings of the 1980s movie Graveyard podcast takes off, I hope we just don't put up, have to put up with all these slews. You know, I hope, I hope all of a sudden there isn't the, the 1980s movie mausoleum and, <laughs> and all that shit. Now, I did hear that maybe Bird will be doing the 90s yeah. commentary. Yeah. The, 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 the 90s dumpster den. Or... <laughs> yeah, something but you know i i mean i think we we can claim to be the inventors of uh watching 80s movies on dvd i don't you know i don't think anybody was really watching 80s movies on dvd before us that's that's definitely a claim to fame we can make well i think another thing that helps us is we're both hard-working guys so i mean look at since we started the show i think i bought 20 blu-rays yeah but I, that's we're only four episodes in yeah, because obviously we want to do this show, and we love doing the show, and we love 80s movies, but we're like, you know, we might run out. You know, our DVD collections are huge, but what if we run out? So then we run out just, just for, you know, future episodes. We buy more and more Blu-rays, more and more DVDs, and, uh, yeah, I, I think we're single-handedly keeping the movie business, <laughs> and, you know, and in, in, in going on here. I'm not going to look for this on the on the, the Daily Motion or the YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I, I want to watch a Blu-ray. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Is uh, I'm not going to say which movies, but some of the movies that we have covered here are available on the YouTube. But you know, unlike other shows, I'm I'm just not going to point that out because like I want 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, if you think these movies sound good, or maybe I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this show they remember these movies from Cinemax and HBO in the '80s. Like, please just just go buy them. They're they're only going to cost you a couple bucks, really. I was going to say they're not expensive. This this is a six dollar DVD here that you just watched. It comes with Reform School Girls. So yeah, basically a three dollar DVD. Exactly six fifty off eBay, brand new, no shipping, no tax. I get two films. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. Ter- Terminator. It's a $6 Blu-ray. I know that because I had to buy it because I couldn't find my copy. <laughs> exactly. You invested, you're investing in the future of this show. So down the line, I'm going to find three Terminators laying around in my shelf. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's it. I, we're, we're actually going to go. We're going to get off air. We're going to go do some research and try to figure out whatever happened to Stephen Jeffries and why he stopped acting after 1988. I really think he opened an air conditioning company. I bet he probably did. I've heard that somewhere. That's a good possibility. All right, everybody. So signing off from the graveyard here. Hope you had a good time. We're going to close the gates for the night. Keep watching 80s movies. Keep listening to us. Like, I always like the delay with him. When you say something to him about the movie, and then it's like silence for like five seconds, and then it almost sounded like he was running back to the microphone because he's just like, <laughs> yeah, 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 the soup is eating his soup. Yeah. <laughs> Always fucking bowls of soup. <laughs> oh, I just remember one. Like he's eating a hoagie or something. <laughs> Oh, he has pizza bread. I was going to say he's fucking Italian pukes. <laughs> oh. I doubt he would ever listen to this show. We should just leave this part in.